Now, InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Is there anything good about failure? A recent study says there is indeed something good about it, as you're about to hear. Our guest is lead author of the study, University of Arizona Assistant Professor of Psychology and Cognitive Science, Robert Wilson. So let's get right to it. What was the major finding from your research? The major finding for our research was that even in these artificial intelligence systems, even for computers where we know exactly what they're doing, we know exactly how they're learning, even these systems, failure is good or a certain amount of failure is good in the sense that if we train them on a task that's just difficult enough for them that they're failing about 15% of the time, then they're going to learn the most from that training experience. So in that sense, failure is good. Does this apply to scholars or anyone trying to learn something? This is what we hope. You know, the study that we did was all about artificial systems, but there's some evidence out there that these learning algorithms are also at play in human learning and animal learning, particularly for the kind of learning that you learn from experience and it takes, you know, a lot of experience to acquire. So we're hopeful that the same kind of process is going to occur in humans and animals. And there's anecdotal evidence to back this up going back at least to the 1930s in education where there's this idea of the zone of proximal development, they call it. And it's this idea that kids learn best when they are challenged with a task that's just beyond what they can do right now, but not too difficult. What we believe and what we hope and what we're going forward to try and test is that the theory that we've developed describes in a mathematical way what we've known about in education for years. And you call this the 85% rule because there's 85% success but still 15% failure. That's exactly right. Although I should note that one thing I don't want anyone to take away from this study is that 85 is going to be this magic number in every situation. We focused on a very particular kind of learning situation where you're learning to do what we call a binary classification. So an example of this would be Google trying to train their algorithms to distinguish cats and dogs based on an image. And so this is a very particular kind of learning problem. In that case, in gradient descent learning, the optimal accuracy is 85%. It's very likely that in different situations, more general situations, that number is going to change. But the sort of qualitative point that there's this sweet spot of difficulty for learning and that 100% accuracy is not the perfect accuracy for learning, that intuition, I think, is going to apply quite broadly. One of the things you talk about is, perhaps as an example, a radiologist learning the difference between tumors and non-tumors. Could you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so you can imagine this example where you're faced with all these x-ray images. You've got to decide, is there a tumor in there or not? And obviously in medical school, you're taught formally how to do it, but you only get really good by experience. You only get really good by classifying a bunch of these images, seeing all the edge cases and learning from the feedback. And so that kind of learning, that kind of slow experiential learning is exactly the kind of learning that we're targeting in this. And so the idea would be, you know, if we were to apply this rule in that setting, you would start off training your trainee doctor with relatively easy examples. 
and try to get them to be about 85% correct. But obviously, as they get better and better, they'll be 100% correct on the easy examples. So you have to make the examples harder and harder and harder as they learn to get better, keeping their accuracy at 85% all the time. And then if you do that, if our theory is correct, they'll learn faster from those examples than they would if you just thrown random examples at them over time. Is there something that parents of children could learn from your study in terms of helping their kids learn things better? Certainly, I think there are some take-homes. Perfection, perfect accuracy, 100% accuracy is not the right place you want to be when you're trying to learn when you're a kid. We shouldn't be forcing this message of perfection on kids because they really are not going to learn. You also don't learn if the task is too hard. So, you know, it's important not to push your kids into things before they're ready, but helping them to tackle the tasks that are the right match for them is exactly what we should be doing. University of Arizona Assistant Professor of Psychology and Cognitive Science, Robert Wilson. Very interesting stuff. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks. And that's it for this week's show. Our internet services are provided by Pair Networks, InfoTrack's executive producer is Randy Meyer, and I'm Chris Whitting. We hope you'll join us right here next week for another edition of InfoTrack.